You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Episode 48 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast presented to you by BrandonRandiniFitness.com. I am your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You? Where's that guy ride today? I don't know. I don't think he can make it today. Uh, we we expect a midweek Guardy drop-in today. Guardy's, I think Guardy's babysitting right now. Is that what he's doing? I think so. So he took the Brett Jet up here to babysit, and then he's going to take it down... To play the game tonight? I guess so. I mean, He's dedicated. I mean, it's not that far of a trip down to Baltimore, right? No, it's only like, what, on the 45 minutes yeah, tops on the, on yeah, the airplane? Right? It's about 5 o'clock in the evening on a Thursday. Uh, Yanks are about ready to get started in Baltimore for a four-game set. Any word on the weather? It's any, not supposed to be great. Any, More, any word on delay or anything at this I point? It's been shitty any, here yeah. all day. I don't have a voice still, by the way, because we were at the game. Uh, game two against Houston the other night. Yeah, so. the whole NYYST crew, including wives, were at the uh, game Tuesday, what was it, Tuesday night, right? Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. night Still against the Houston voice. Astros. That's how much of a lunatic I was. Punched punch that guy right, right in the face. No, you accident. did. Yeah, I did. You punched your brother in the you face? You didn't hear this? No, I, because I went to the bathroom, and then I came back, and my seat was filled, so I was sitting alone like I'm Stephen fucking Glansberg. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just watching the rest of the game by myself. Stack Guy Rye got in the way of me when I was throwing a fist up after Gardy hit that uh, that game tying home run, and his face got in the way. I popped oh. I popped him right in the face. Uh, that's a occupational hazard. Occupational hazard shouldn't have been in the aisle. So Yanks are getting ready for a four game set against the Orioles. This is going to be in Hawaii. I mean, the quality of opponent, it doesn't really scare you, but uh, it's the travel that they're going to have to go on and the amount of games that they're going to play. Because here we go. We got four against Baltimore. Slotted on their day off, they have to fly to Detroit to make up the doubleheader. Uh, and then they go to Toronto for two before they get an off day on Thursday, June 7th. And then they come home for, I will call it home, but they're going to be in City Field to play the Mets. All right, so... So we have – that's how many games in a row then? We got three against Baltimore? Four. We got four against Baltimore. We got two against Detroit, two so against Toronto. Either. So that's eight games right there. And, and then how many games. against uh, How many against the Mets? Three against the Mets. So that's 11 games against very bad teams. How, what, what is the best – What's the what's the worst you'll take out of that record wise? I can't say you say very bad teams, but Baltimore beat the Yankees in Yankee Stadium three games. They to one. they have trouble against Baltimore in Baltimore, and it's, Toronto's always going to give them fits. Yeah, and doubleheaders you never expect to sweep doubleheaders. All right, let's start there. I mean, they take one against Detroit. You know what? If the and Yankees they lose go, one. if the Yankees get back home for. That game against Washington on June 12th, if they get back home, so what is that? 4-2-2 two, two is, uh, what did we say? That's 8 plus 3 is 11. That's an 11-game trip, right? Yeah, I just said that. If they come back 6-5? and five, No, that's not good enough. It's not good enough, but it's probably no. what I expect. No. Uh, let's start with Detroit because you say you'll... You're happy if they split that doubleheader. Yeah. Right? So they're one and one right there. And four game sets are hard to win. So if they they're, come. They're one of them right there. They, and then they will say they split the two games in Toronto. So they're two and two. Yeah. Right? They got to take three out of four against Baltimore. They I don't care to. where they are. Yeah. I, they have to. They have they're to. They're an okay. awful, awful team. Right? So now we're, now we're five and three going and into the Mets series. I can't expect a sweep. No. So you take two and you're seven and four. That's that I'll take six seven and five. Four. Six and five means you're either splitting with Baltimore or you're losing both games against 
Toronto or you're losing the series to the Mets. So you got to No, I put the Yankees in for a win against the Mets. All right. I think that if you just look at it logically, you could see them splitting the four game set. You can see them splitting the doubleheader. You could see them splitting with Toronto. Yeah. So, so you really, the least you're going to take is seven and four. You'll be happy if they come back better than that. If they come back eight and three after this trip, that's, that's phenomenal. If they, if they, you know what? You don't want to knock off 11 games and only get one more game further over 500 than you are now. But I mean, the way the schedule is set up, you almost, in my mind, you almost take it. I think it was Joe and Ev. It might have been uh, Boomer and Geo. They were talking about how all these Yankee fans call in all the time, and they're always saying the Yankees have a problem with this, the Yankees have a problem with that. And they say, you know what? You know what I think the Yankees' biggest problem is? The Boston Red Sox. They just don't lose. So if you're going to tell me the Yankees are going to go 6-5 and five over these next 11 games, they're going to lose – Probably three games in in the standings at that point. But Boston's schedule is going to get significantly harder. They they're gonna they got a stretch where they're playing Seattle twice. Who actually caught Houston in the sand? Yeah, the I know. In Seattle. Ever since Cano went down, Seattle's been on a tear. And uh, you know they're going through that stretch where they're playing Seattle twice. They're playing the Angels. They're playing the Yankees. So I don't know if either of these teams are going to be able to keep up the pace that they're on. I mean, if you looked at the Yankees schedule, you would say they should probably go 8 and 3 against the teams they're playing, but because like we said, the way the schedule is going to shake, it it probably won't happen. You'll take 7 and 4. But I mean, let's start with this Houston series. Yeah, so we got a Labor Day matinee, Yankees. No, we had a Memorial Day matinee. Whatever. It's a holiday that everybody else is off on. Uh Justin Verlander gives up one run over six and two-thirds innings, and somehow his ERA goes up. <laughs> I think he went into that game with a 108, and so he left the game with right 111. Now. So that just goes to show what kind of season he's having. Unbelievable. Uh, Yanks lose 5-1. to one. I mean, there's not really much to to, uh, to say there. Uh, to, Verlander's become the new Dallas Keuchel where the Yankees are, like, afraid of him. Yeah. It's not even that. I never want to disrespect a guy that had numbers as good as Keuchel had. Even going into the game last night, he was pitching to, like, a 3-3-8 ERA. But the Yankees have – all right. You know I'm a big Rocky fan. It's like Rocky IV when Rocky cuts the Russian and he realizes he can beat him. It's like the Yankees have cut Dallas Keuchel so they know they can beat him. Now it's like Justin Verlander is back to being the Yvonne Drago that killed Apollo Creed. The Yankees don't know how to cut him right now. So when they face Justin Verlander... No one knows how to. Yeah, but you know what? The Yankees the Yankees just seem like they're scared of Justin Verlander, how they seem like they were scared of Dallas Keuchel a few years ago, where you just threw the, you just didn't even bother watching the game, you just threw it in the garbage because you knew that they were just not going to have quality ABs again. Yeah, them. I mean, I tweeted that last night. It's like... Any other year, as a Yankee fan, you're sitting looking at the schedule and you and you're you almost feel defeated seeing Dallas Keuchel, and now all of a sudden you're happy to see him. I wouldn't say happy, not He's happy, still a- but I'm not even comparing. I'm not even really talking about what the Yankees have done against him. I'm just comparing him to the rest of the rotation at this point. I mean, when they lost that game to Verlander, you're really looking at it like. They're not going to hit Morton either. And you know what? I know the Yankees seemed pretty dead for most of that game, but I was happy that they put three runs up against Morton and kept them uh, in yeah, the game. Yeah, sure. For a guy pitching to a 208 ERA to put up three against him, that's a, you know, that's kind of a lot. But you know what? For the Yankees to come back and do what they did in game two, it really meant a lot because once again, you know, we talk about Sevy pitching in these rubber games. You throw your ace on the mound for game three, and all of a sudden you feel pretty confident you're going to win the series. Um, but, you know, as successful as they've been of late against Keuchel, it's still Dallas Keuchel. You don't know. But the Yankees, and you you texted me this. I don't know who exactly tweeted it. I'm sure it wasn't Katie Sharp because I looked. But uh, the Yankees became the first team since 1884 to commit five errors have 17 strikeouts. Actually, Tim Kirchin of ESPN is where I got That's that That's a great stat. stat. Have 17 strikeouts, commit five errors, and still win a game. I mean, 1884, you're not even – that's not even baseball at that point. 
No, because it was <laughs> it, the team that did it doesn't even exist anymore, and I don't even think I've ever heard of them before. But before we get into uh, game two that we were at, I just want to quickly touch on Domingo Herman, who started uh, that game <clears throat> Monday afternoon. You don't think he deserves another start, but he absolutely does. Deserve I was unfair. I I'll be honest. I was a little preoccupied that day. I didn't realize. I mean, what did he? He gave up only three earned runs. He was, you know what? I think it was three earned runs over six. And really, I mean, against a team like Houston, you take that, especially out of a guy like Herman. I was a little unfair to him. I hated the fact that the Astros were on the board so early. Um, I think he threw a bad pitch to. Uh, you remember who hit that home run? That three run homer. I think it was Davis. Uh, hit that three-run home run, and, and that's what I didn't like because it immediately put the Yankees in a hole against the guy who you weren't even expecting to score one one run against. And, it you know, Herman coming off of a couple bad starts, really bad starts, to see that you were just kind of like really discouraged with him on the mound at that point. But I was unfair to say that he didn't deserve another start. He, you know what? He settled in. I think his final stat line was five and two thirds. He got charged with four runs, but only three were earned. Seven strikeouts. I mean, if that's your performance from your five starter, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. He deserves another one, but I also wouldn't be upset to see them replace him at at, at his next start. But they're not gonna. No, after after this start, how do you take him out of rotation? Oh, and, I. Unless there's reinforcements on the way. I'm just saying I wouldn't be upset with them replacing him, but he doesn't deserve to be after that start. I'll agree with you on that. I was wrong in saying that. So so, so we both are in agreement that it should Herman's <clears throat> probably taking the ball again in, in a few yeah. days. Yeah. Against Baltimore, which I mean in that stadium they do have guys that can hit the home hit home run, so you know that, what his that pro- team is so bad, man. That team is so bad. I, you know, you can't sit here and say the Yankees should take all four games, but it's not unrealistic to think that. Well, they, how can you say that, that, that when Sonny Gray starting tonight? You know what? <laughs> it, it, let me tell you something, man. If Sonny Gray goes out there and and shits the bed against the Baltimore Orioles, d- this guy's got to go. He's they got to do something. I'd rather honestly. I'd rather see some no-name bum from AAA come up and pitch at this point. I mean, I, I'm so sick of watching this guy go out there and do what he does. I really am. I think tonight is a big, big test for Sonny Gray. And I think after tonight, if he blows this game up, I think my point last week of saying that something drastic could happen with him could actually become a reality. I really do. I just still don't see it. Even if he gives up 10 runs in the first inning, I don't see how the Yankees hand him a, a, his walking hey, papers. Call up Justice Sheffield, bro. Just do it. Just do it at that point. And and what? We got we got a lot of talk. A lot of talk on the on the Cole Hamels trade heating up here. Yeah. They're definitely in talks with Texas right now. Apparently. And I said, I said if they get him, it's going to be before the deadline. Because I don't see a guy like Hamels being... Being available for for very long, especially when the Rangers are so open, you know, to trade. Yeah, in the last couple of days, you've heard a couple of different people, and I heard it actually. Uh, saw it tweeted that John Heyman said this on a radio show that he did. That apparently the starting point for this deal is that Chance Adams is the centerpiece. And you said you drive down to Scranton yourself. I would no, I would drive to Texas <laughs> to pick up Cole Hamels to do that. Hey, at this point, how could you justify not trading Chance Adams for Cole Hamels right now? From what I understand is Texas sees him as a reliever more than they do a starting pitcher. Well, the Yankees clearly don't see Chance Adams that way. So, And the other name you hear is... Um, Rogers. Probably, no, uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Is Ty, Tyro Estrada. Mm, yeah, Estrada. Which... He's got a lot of talk around him. I think he got he missed spring training because he got shot. Mm. Was that him? That was him, yeah. And he's a guy that the Yankees had hopes for, but he's not playing second base, and he's probably not playing shortstop either. Listen, we said it last we said it last week or the week before, and he's a middle infielder. A guy so. like Hamels is is probably the the most realistic bet for the Yankees because 
A, he's shown he's got some good stuff, and B, the Yankees are going to end up beating that contract, and they're not going to have to get rid of any any guys like Frazier, Andujar, anyone like that. And if you get him now, and he really doesn't turn out to be the guy you want, you know, you still you could still make a move at the deadline for someone. I, I maybe strengthen the bullpen at that point. I don't know, but I think Cole Hamill's going to be a Yankee sooner rather than later. I, I, it's the move to make. If they're asking for Chance Adams to be the centerpiece of that deal, it's the move to make because, A, I like his pedigree. He's pitched in the World Series before. And if nothing else, yeah, he got rocked by Kansas City, but his four best starts all came in a row, all against, if you count Yankees Good and teams. Boston yeah. being division leaders because they're essentially tied in the loss, you know, they're tied in the loss column. So I look at that as them being tied for first place. Yes. He had his four best starts all in a row against first place teams. And, uh, did you hear the report that the Tigers, uh, that the Yankees sent some scouts to watch Fulmer? I would not touch him. I, I, I mean, the safer bet at this point, I think, is Hamels, especially because of what Detroit's going to ask for Fulmer. But I understand Cashman's line of thinking is that he's younger and he's going to be controllable. He's controllable, cheaper, but, but you know what? I don't think they really need that. I don't think that's really what they need right now. Uh, yeah, they do kind of, but uh, for this season, no. That's what I'm saying. For right now, that's not. For right now, you're not going to just get a guy who's controllable, who's pitching to a four, you know, four six ERA or whatever it is, compared to a guy like Hamels, who you're going to pretty much not have to give much up for to get. Hamels is the safer bet at that point. Yeah, right. And he's, and he's having a much better season. He's pitching to a 4-6-0 ERA this year is Michael Fulmer. I, yeah, guess he's I a, was dead on right there. I mean, career, 3-6-3, but this is only his third season in Major League Baseball. So, I mean, was he pitching above himself the first two years and this is who he is? Or is this and the hey, aberration? And you said it yourself. I mean, what's Michael Fulmer like in the postseason? We don't know. What's Cole Hamels like? Pretty pretty good. It was 10 years ago, you know, 9, 10 years ago, but he's proven that he could be a good pitcher in the postseason. And for nothing else, I'm just intrigued over what Hamels would do revitalized, playing in New York in a pennant race like it did for Justin Verlander. Here's something I want to I'm not make. expecting him to become Justin Verlander, but to become – and he's not been bad this year, Cole Hamels, so – Here's something I wanted to bring up real quick because I heard it on uh, CMB on the fan and it just blew my mind. Um, they were talking about Severino compared to DeGrom and they said that Severino is not even in the same class as DeGrom. Why would you and I'm that? not knocking the fact that DeGrom isn't a better pitcher because I'm not going to sit here and say he isn't. The stats show that he is, but you cannot compare a guy in the NL East – to a guy in the AL East. And if DeGrom came to the American League and pitched against the teams that Severino's pitching against, who knows what kind of a pitcher he would be? Why would you even disrespect a guy like Severino or even if it was Kluber or Sale or anyone to compare him to, to a guy in the, in the National here's, League East? Here's the way I look at it. If you and I were starting our own Major League franchises and the first two pitchers were going to be Severino and DeGrom and you had your pick, I wouldn't fight you on it because I know I would be coming away with an ace right. anyway. Agreed. They're in the same class. I, have, talk, I think so. Talk, I don't think I'm being a Yankee homer no, by saying no. that. To, to sit here and say and – and look, I'll be honest with you. I might take DeGrom over Severino. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. I don't know. But what I'm saying is to say they're not even in the same breath – that to act like DeGrom is so much better than Severino, that's ridiculous to me. That's ridiculous. It, it's just a little something I wanted to throw in there before we caught up on the Astros series, but just something to talk about because I don't think Severino really gets the respect that he deserves because this guy's good, man. He showed it again yesterday. I mean, what would the Yankees do without Luis Severino right now? How many strikeouts did he have? 11 yesterday? He, yeah, he had... He had seven Man. through the first three innings, and then he kind of, I don't know, he lost a feel for his slider maybe a little bit. Yeah, he hung and then, one and gave up a home two-run home run. Uh, and then at that point, you were almost nervous again because the Yankees' bats went cold. All right, so, yeah, so we'll, let's touch on Tuesday first. We were in the stadium. The Yankees had no business winning that game. No. 
You don't make five errors and then no, expect to No, it was so win. sloppy. It was so sloppy. And look, I got to get this off my chest. I I love Glaber Torres. I'm sure every Yankee fan loves Glaber Torres. How could you not? But going in after Wednesday's game, he made set, that was his seventh error. He made two errors in that game, correct? Yes. Seven errors in what? Thirty games. He made he's made seven errors in I forget thirty four games maybe. That's a lot of errors. And then someone tweeted because we we again you even retweeted and said we're not trying to kill Glaber Torres. The guy's been phenomenal. We were just touching on you know he's been a little sloppy at second. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's learning, but. You know, that's not an excuse at this stage. And someone said, well, think about Jeter in 96. He had 22 errors. Well, we I were doing NYY Sports Talk in 1996. <laughs> I would have said the same thing. I, I did uh, Gliber's stats if he were to play as many games as Jeter that year, and he's on pace for 34. That's a lot of that's errors. That's a lot. That's that's 12 more than Jeter's 22. 34 so, errors? If I'm telling you, 34 errors, if you're not hitting 319, that gets you sent to the minor leagues. Oh, yeah. And you, he gets a pass because he's clutch. But, look, you know, you got to be fair. If we're going to if we're gonna have any credibility here, uh, we're Yankee fans, so, yeah, we're going to skew Yankees. But, come on, I, I want to be credible here in what we say. And we hey, gotta, we got to be fair about things. And this and is a guy who the Yankees are now flirting with possibly playing shortstop once in a while when Didi needs a day off. Well, he has to play shortstop when Didi needs a day off. They don't have another so, shortstop on the roster right now. I mean, what are you going to do with this kid? Are you going to keep flip-flopping him, or you want him to perfect second base? I mean, you got to make up your mind. I don't think Toe is long away from being back with the uh, We'll, we'll, we'll touch the on that when club. we get to last night's game. But just to wrap up on Glaber... Yeah, I get it that he's learning a second base. So if these were what I call fielding errors, you live with it. But a lot of it, he does have a little Cadillac in him. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. And some, and that's the sloppiness. Is that's what you don't like. It's not like – here's what I don't like about the errors. It's not like there's, you know, one out in the third inning – Yanks are up 5 nothing, and he boots a ball and a runner gets on first base. He's making errors in very high-pressure situations. Yeah, and they're leading to runs. And it, and it really makes you sit here and think that it's not his skills. We've seen how good he is. It's it's the mental aspect of it like, what, where was he's it, getting ahead of himself. Was it like two, was it Tuesday night, a routine ground ball to second base and throwing error? Yep. Like, just take your time and throw the ball. How about when CeCe was on? That's not from learning how to play second base. Who was it when uh, Andujart threw the ball and he botched what would have been a double play? I mean, that's another big one that opened up the game. They are just, I mean, you got to feel bad for Sabathia. I mean, the guy's pitching with with nothing but guts and heart because he doesn't have a lot of left stuff-wise. And they're just not backing and, him and up. And they don't play good defense behind him. Yeah. And we said it before. Like, is this just because he pitches to more contact than anybody on the roster? Could so be. they have more chances to field. So they are worse behind them because they're just not a good defensive team. Could be. Talking about opportunity real quick. I just wanted to bring this up again. I, I forget who it was on the fan today, but I think it was Joe and Ev. They were talking about, uh, talking about bullpens. I think it was just the American League. Who do you think has the worst bullpen ERA right now? It's the Indians. No. Somebody's worse than them? Mm-hmm. Who? The Astros. The Astros. But Stack Guy Ryan made a good point to me. <laughs> they probably also haven't thrown as many innings as any other team because their starting pitchers go seven, eight innings every time out. So... Yeah, their bullpen might not be the greatest, but they probably also don't have as as many innings to record. So one run given up probably weighs on their ERA a lot more than other teams. Well, you know, people are like, "Oh, the Astros bullpen is trash," and it is, but it doesn't they mean a couple anything. good guys in there because um, they won the World Series with a trash bullpen last year. Yeah, well, what they and, do and what's going to happen? They're only going to need four stars exactly. in the postseason, so McCullers is going to go into the bullpen. That's exactly what they did last year. McCullers started, but they filled in big McCullers spots closed at, game seven. out of the bullpen. Yeah. yeah, they filled in big spots with their starters. 
And unless they go and get a couple guys, they're going to have to do the same thing. And I don't think they have a problem with it because it worked. But, I mean, right now, if you're sitting here right now and with a gun to your head and someone asks you who's the best team in baseball, what's your answer? It's tough. It really is. Because I thought about it. Every big, big team right now has their flaws. And really, you can only, in the American League at least, you can really only compare the Astros, Red Sox, and Yankees right now. Cleveland's starting to find their stride a bit, but they're still not in the same league right now as as those three teams. And the Astros and the Red Sox really lack in bullpen. And the Yankees are lacking in starting pitching. Every team has their flaws. And it's it's all about who is going to do the best job to fill those holes come the trade deadline. And you also have to factor in something too. Everyone talks about the Red Sox rotation. Chris Sale is notorious for falling off the face of the earth at the at the end of the year. He gets tired. His ERA goes skyrockets. I might end up eating these words later on in the season, but I don't think that Boston's rotation is that good. I really don't either. Don't, I'm being honest with you. Porcello's back to having a good year. But Drew Pomerantz? No. What's, uh, what's the other guy's name? Henry? Not Henry. Robert. Wright. No. Wright's uh, back in the rotation now. Is he? Yeah. Why? I I read something the other day that Stephen Wright was starting for them. Uh, what? Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez is we all, I mean. He's special to us because he seems to kill the Yankees. But other than that, but, his ERA was five I mean, something what if, at one then point. Then you got, you got David Price. I mean. Please. A guy who probably can't even handle the postseason. And then I just said Chris Sale falls off the face of the earth at the end of the year. And that's why they were limiting his pitches in April because right. they don't want that to happen again. If the Red Sox don't have Chris Sale, they don't have any. I mean, really, people think their rotation is deeper than the Yankees, but is it really? Yeah, so, and that's a team that if they're going to do anything big come the postseason, they better stack up in that bullpen. So things weren't looking good for the Yanks. Uh, Tuesday night, they're down five to one in the fifth inning, and then you know, people always want to say, "Oh, you know, five one home run," or no, it was five to two. I'm sorry, those home runs in those middle innings when you're losing don't mean anything. But you know, Judge's home run in the fifth inning was a big home run, got them within striking distance where they were able to keep it at five to three, yep. and then here comes the Guardy party in the ninth inning. Before we even talk about Gardner. Let's talk about what Andujar did, something he doesn't do very often. Walked. He works a walk, a big walk. Very good at bat, very patient. He's not a walker. He gets on base. He, and is, not a, he is not a he's walker. He's not now. a real walker now. And then Gardy comes up and, you know, that's where my voice went. They didn't it feel like it took forever for that ball to get out of the stadium? <laughs> well, who? I think it was Springer playing right. And I'm watching him, and he's going back, and he's going back. And off the bat, I really th- believed it was gone. And then when I see Walker start to start to line up with the wall, I'm like, I mean, Springer. Uh, Springer, line up with the wall. I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. And then it disappeared. And Guardy threw his hands up. And that's when I punched that guy right, right in the face. And I almost fell over the uh, overhang there. Yeah, we were sitting in the first row in the 300 section. That would have been fun. You even said yourself, you wonder, wonder if I'm going to fall over this. I thought I was going to. I blacked you, out. But it's funny, though. Now, uh, nobody's calling Gardner old and that no, Gardner doesn't belong no, on the Gardy's team anymore. Great. Gardner's great now. But, but, you know, the Yankees should have won the game in the ninth inning because, you know, right after that home run, Aaron Judge with the double – and then here we go. John Carl Stan can't hit the ball out of the infield. Ooh. Kills me. He's killing me. Look, this is what I'm going to say about John Carl Stan. I'm not going in the half a dozen times that I'm probably going back to the stadium this year. I'm not going to boo the guy. But I'm done defending him. I think it's fair now where he, it's open season on him. Yeah. Um... Although yesterday he had himself he had himself a nice di- di- uh, nice game, so we'll get to that in a few minutes. But his best formula <laughs> is, is facing a lefty. <laughs> no, his best formula facing a lefty on the road. He's like incredible, and and a couple callers were calling up to the fans saying, 
Oh, it's because they got him playing left. He's DHing. He's not used to it. Guess what? There's no rhyme or reason. His numbers playing left field and DHing are identical. Two seventy four home runs and like thirteen RBIs each. I've seen people tweet that out. When he plays right field, he's batting like one fifty or something. So it has nothing to do with that. So just stop. But again, and then Gary Sanchez. I don't. I don't know what the. I couldn't even tell you what the hell he was swinging at. If he didn't get that base hit yesterday that I know we'll touch on with the bases loaded, I was going to flip out. He's he's another one. He's got to be better. I mean, big hit yesterday aside, I mean, he should not be hitting 206. No. Or whatever it is. But then here we go, you know, 10th inning. Again, Andujar. This dude is an extra base machine. Love him. Double. You're the one that picked up on this, that Tony Kemp was... Was, uh, he was taunting the crowd. Oh, all right, let's be fair. The crowd was probably taunting him, but he was feeding into it, telling him to get louder. He loved it. Keep going. He's the man, right? Not when Miguel Andujar hits one into the corner, and you can't even. You don't even have a beat on it, and he sails into second base, and then up comes the kid. And here's the key to the at bat. Glaber did not – was that Was that the strike two call? I think so. He did and, not like that. And he got loud. And he got loud. And I, the, the 21-year-old lost his composure. And I said to you, Boone's about to get tossed because he was on the top step of the dugout yeah. at that point. And then it just goes to show you, like, this is why we're not killing Glaber Torres. Yeah, he's got to be better in the field, but – this kid with that that bat of his is special. There's magic in that bat. He's yeah, already man. shown he's got the clutch gene. It's crazy. Did it's, you see that stat? What? Which one? They threw up like it was him, Harper, a bunch of other guys. How many how many games it took for them to get their second walk-off hit in their career? All of them were 360, 400 games, 500 games, and there's Gliber Torres. 32 games, 33 games, whatever it was. He's got two walk-offs already. He had that big hit in Houston to tie the game in the ninth inning, right? Yep. So the guy's already shown that he the, the situation's not too big for him. And he take, you know, and this is what you love about him is that sometimes he swings he's you're going to see this a lot out of him where he's going to get Homer happy because he knows now he's got power to do it. Right. But what you love about him is two strikes he becomes a completely different inside-out approach. It was almost Jeter-esque in the way he took the ball to the right side. Boom, Andujar comes in. Yankees win 6-5. That was a big win for the Yankees because, Huge. like you said, you do not ever expect to win a game where you make five errors. Never. Never. You don't deserve to win a game where you make five errors. Uh, honestly... For them to do what they did that night. And let's not forget the play where in the ninth oh, inning. Oh, no, it was the 10th inning after they tied the game, right? Chapman came in. No, it was the ninth. No, it wasn't. Chapman didn't pitch the ninth. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was and that tenth. ball, perfect ricochet. <laughs> and, you know, the Gary bashers were out, said, oh, it was lucky that it came back right to him. But, dude, you got to have the reflexes to get up out of your crouch, catch that. Perfectly and, and throw a strike. And throw a strike. And that, per- and that throw to third had to be perfect. Not good. Not above average. Not great. Perfect. And it was friggin' perfect. Perfect. And a great job by Andujar to be there, apply the tag, get the out, and get them off the field and set up the walk off. Great job. Great, great job. So, you know. Now you're feeling a little, you know, you get a win like that, you feel like you just got to go and take this series. And with your ace on the mound, you, you're feeling really good about it. And the Yankees jump ahead one nothing in the first inning last night. And immediately when uh, Marisnik makes that play on, because it was first and third, right? And with Stanton came Stanton, up. yeah, it should have been a freaking gapper. And he makes a great play on Stanton. And you're happy with the one run, but you're like, man, I hope they don't regret this. And... The Yankees don't score again that inning. Stasi gets um, Sevy for two uh, two runs on a two run home run in the fifth. Severino had the I mean for the first three innings his stuff was as good as I've ever seen it. Yeah. And then you know two one you're saying to yourself you're starting to think like oh god you know they really let a great scoring opportunity you know tip of the cap to Marisnik he made a great play it's not but then yeah. you know. 
Uh, and then what happens? Two outs. Yankees have another chance to score a couple runs. Bases loaded. It was bases loaded, right? Mm-hmm. And who steps up to the plate? Gary Sanchez. Gary, close to the Mendoza line, Sanchez. Who I think our buddy Corelli, Chris Corelli, tweeted this the other night that you could roll the ball up to the <laughs> to the plate, and Gary Sanchez would try to swing at it. And that's a different. You know, everybody wants to say who's the who's the true best hitter on the Yankees, and I know a lot of people like to say Sanchez. Sanchez doesn't have the plate discipline these other no. guys have. No, but he did a great job by taking an outside pitch. I don't even know if it would have been a strike. To be honest, he really reached for it. Because the pitch previous, he lined one down the third baseline that nearly missed. Yeah. And I, when I saw that, I was like, that's that's it. That's that was it. his that was his chance. I did the same thing. And then he pokes the ball through through the shift. And as a hitter, trust me, he knew where the defense was playing at that point. And that's why he took that ball the way he did and and you know flicked his wrist and put one where no one was and scored a couple runs. And from there, the Yankees didn't look back. No, they added two more in the sixth. And then, you know, Chapman's got to make it sweaty in the ninth because mm-hmm. that's just what he does. But you know what? Seve, Seve, uh 11 Ks over seven innings. It's exactly what the Yankees needed. And, you know, they win the game 5-3 to take another series. So you feel better after – you don't ever want to say that you're over that loss to Texas because it still pisses me off because they should have won that game. But – it kind of erases, you know, you trade a game that you yeah. should have won for a game that you should have lost. lost. So, yeah. And now I they agree. put, after that Texas series, they come back home and they have a 4-2 and two homestand and they beat two good teams. Can't ask for anything more. I mean, they're what, 5-2 and two against the Astros for, for 2018 now? Again, so. people that want – I got to throw cold water on that though. Yeah, it's great, but it's also, what, May 31st? Yeah. I that mean, means absolutely nothing if these two teams should play no. each other in October. But here's here's what me and Stack Guy were talking about earlier. This is just how it's going to play out, and I am going to speak matter of fact right now because I'm right. You and, know that for it, a fact that yeah, you're right. Everyone's going to be right. Who says this? Okay, I want to hear it then. Whether it be the Yankees or the Red Sox, one of those teams is going to be in the wild card. Obviously, so, right? Okay, obvious matter <laughs> of fact, right? Then you'd have to assume the Yankees or the Red Sox will win that game, which is tough to say, but let's just say they do. How is the first series going to play out? Who's going to play who? Uh, I'm going to assume that the AL East winner is going to have the most wins. So then the wild card winner would play the AL exactly. East winner. So you're really looking very likely at a Yankees Red Sox at a Yankees series. Red Sox divisional series, and the Astros are going to take care of business against the Indians. So it's very, very likely that we face up against the Red Sox, and it's very likely that we could see a repeat in the ALCS. And I know these games don't mean anything when it comes to that, but mentally, the Yankees will go into that series if it does, in fact, play out that way. And they won't be thinking about last year anymore. They'll be thinking about what they were able to accomplish against this team, and that does go a long way. What I like is that the Yankees won the series down in Houston because that was exactly. their kryptonite night last exactly. year. Exactly. And that's listen, at the end of the day when it comes to regular season record, no, these games don't mean jack shit when it comes to what they'll do in the postseason. But mentality-wise for a team who was completely deflated in Houston last year in the play- playoffs, they're at least going to go in with a little bit more confidence that they can take care of business if they have to. So that's where these games do mean a little bit something more than what you see in the standings. So as I was saying to you as we were leaving the stadium Tuesday night, that this has to be the ALCS this year. For just as a baseball fan, don't you want to see the Yankees and Astros go absolutely go head to head again? How could you not? How could you not want that? You have the team probably with the best offense in Major League Baseball going against a team with the best starting rotation in Major League Baseball. So right there, you got the best versus the best right there, right? I mean, I find anybody to disagree with me that the Yankees probably have the best offense and Absolutely. the Astros definitely have the best rotation. And then you have all these other factors that come in. Is How are the Yankees' rotation going to hold up past Severino? How is the 
Astros bullpen going to hold up <laughs> past any? I was just going to say not to get too far down the road and start dissecting an ALCS yeah. series, but I mean, going into that, if that is in fact how it plays out, what's the Yankees' best approach? Be patient. Work counts. Get into the Astros bullpen, and they've shown that they can they can defeat this team if they do that. So it, how could you not look at these two series against them and say, that's how could you not want that? How could you not? You noticed on Tuesday, I told you that uh, when Davinsky came in to close the game Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. And I said to you, it's like he got one good, Hinch got one game out of Giles, and he's like, that's it. <laughs> that's I don't, it. That's, <laughs> I'm done. That's it. No more. <laughs> All right. So uh, that should wrap up. Houston talk. So uh, very quickly, let's bring in Gardy here. Gardy, what's going on, man? Uh, about an hour before game time here, you're still here. You're still babysitting. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, Chris. Chris called me up. He says that guy Rock couldn't be here today, and uh, you know, I said I had an hour before game time. I could come in and watch the kids. So I'm a great babysitter. They call me uh, Gardy. Uh, Gardy babysitter over there. Are you Uncle Gardy? Yeah, I'm Uncle Gardy. Uncle Brett. Whatever. So is the Brett check going to make it down in time? Brett check should be good. Uh, we should be able to get down to Baltimore. Because you're leading off in about uh, 70 minutes here. Wait, I thought a lefty was pitching or not. No, you're in the lineup, pal. Who's pitching? Cashner? Yeah. He's not a lefty? Is he? Uh, no, he, I, uh, no, he's definitely a righty. I, got, I think I got to head out here, dude. You make me... You make me um, what's the word I'm looking for? You make me uh, question myself <laughs> when uh, you, you don't even know who's pitching. Hey, man, I... I just I I don't even read scouting reports anymore. I'm a vet. So uh, we wanted to get you in. You promised us that you'd come in if you had a big game while we were at the stadium on Tuesday. Right. Lead you off see with, me pulling up to you guys? I like, did. We did. I, did I'm you pulling. see? Did you see Chris give you the finger? Yeah, I saw that. That was what in the third, third, yeah, minute, third, bottom third. Yeah. yeah. Lead off. Uh, you let off the game with a homer. Right. Real quick. Yeah. And I then, mean that. Yeah, that was a nice one. Would so, that go over right field? Yeah, that's where you don't you don't have many yeah. opposite field home runs, Guardy. Yeah, no, I, you're right. I mean, I can't even remember the last time I hit one oppo. And then uh, in the Guardy party, bottom nine, Yanks are trailing by two. That's right. And then you hit the game tying home run. That that was one of the best homers of my career, and uh, you know I thought it was my I thought Mike get caught there, but uh, you know he, he wasn't able to come down with it, and. Uh, you know, we were able to tie the game up. And go you had back a hell there. of a launch angle on it because yeah. it was up in the air for a while. There. I thought yeah. he was going to come down and catch it, but he didn't. And, uh, you know, we won the game. Then I hopped up in my Brett jet and went down to Holly Hill for a night. to spent a night. I went out camping with my kids and, uh, <laughs> you know, ate some candy. Judge tried sneaking in. I said, no, Judge, you, you stay you stay down there in uh, New York. So it's safe to say you're back to playing hard. Oh, I'm back. I'm back in the New York groove. And you could quote me on that. All right, man, we got another question. One last thing, guys. We know you're you're a big candy guy. Huge candy guy. What did you think about Didi hitting Meredith in the head with the bucket of gum after the game? You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but that damn bubble gum, that's stale by the knife. So it's hard. It's hard. (laughs) Nice. It's very hard. So Meredith, uh, she had to go to concussion protocol, but uh, so you, were you surprised to see her back doing yeah. the game Wednesday? Yeah, I thought it might have been Ruko or somebody else doing it, but you know she was doing it. She came prepared. Uh, you know she might be wearing a helmet in the post game. Uh, maybe she could uh, get Dee's helmet and uh, you know yeah, man, you got to watch out for that double bubble. It goes hard. All right, Guardy, thanks, man. Hop on that jet. You got it. Let's go. Let's go, Yankees. Let's take three against Baltimore. All right. That was the Guardy Report brought to you by We're All Tied Up. Check out We're All Tied Up on Instagram. I'll spell it out for you. W-E-R-E-A-L-L-T-I-E-D-U-P. Find them on Instagram. Uh, check out the wreaths, custom wreath for any occasion. And you can get yourself a custom Yankee wreath for your front door. Summer's coming up here. So, you know, let's get a little outside decoration going with We're All Tied Up. Wrapping up episode 48 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. This is what I want to do at the end of every show when I reiterate the number of episodes. I want you to give me a famous Yankee or any Yankee that had the number of the episode that we're I'm on. Not, I'm not that good at that. Not that good. I'll give you two right off the top of my head. Really? Yeah. 48? Yeah. Andrew Miller. Oh, yeah. And one of... Uh, if Joe Torre was a hitman for the Mafia, he would be one of Joe Torre's hits. Proctor wasn't 48. He might have. No, he was, he was 43. 43. But 
He's not the only person he killed. He would want to kill David Wells also, but he... No, I'm talking about bullpen guys that he completely obliterated with their arms. Honestly, he killed Proctor so bad, I can't even think of anyone else. Paul Quantrill. Oh, yeah. He was... Oh, no, I was thinking Tanyan Sturtz was supposed to be on the show, but kind of forgot about him. We'll get there when... (laughs) We're only uh, eight episodes away from 56, right? yeah. So, we'll be back uh, Sunday evening. We'll probably do a pod after the Yankees wrap up the series against Baltimore. Uh, Definitely, you'll hear us again Monday morning. Um, Check out uh, the description to this pod for all our Twitter uh, handles. And definitely check out nyysportstalk.com. I got people emailing me about why... Our fan shop is down. Shopify is having some issues, but they should be resolved shortly. So you can uh, probably swag up tomorrow. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Before we wrap up. Okay. What's the What's the worst line you'll take out of Sonny Gray tonight? The worst what's line? What's the minimum you'll take out of him tonight against the Baltimore Orioles? The worst line. Mm-hmm. Where you'll say, okay, I'll let him live another day. Five and a third, four runs. Wow. That's That's <laughs> gracious. I'm gonna stick with my quality start. Six, six, six innings pitch, three runs. You want to know why? Because they should murder Andrew Kashner tonight. Yeah. So if he gives you five and a third, four runs, I still gotta feel pretty good. The Yankees are gonna win the game. I guess tonight. as long as he, even if he does give up four, as long as the Yankees are in it and at least winning, I'll at least be like, okay, it is what it is. But if he lets this game get out of hand, and the Yankees have no chance, I'm done. And I think the Yankees are too. I uh, think you could see him go on the DL, if anything. The disabled mm-hmm. list. Uh, two quick things I want to mention before we do wrap up here. Uh, Adam Warren pitched, uh, what's today? Today's Thursday, right? He pitched yeah. last night in Scranton Scran or Trent, I forget, but he's on his rehab. Boone in the post game said that it was unlikely that. Uh, Warren was going to be back with the team in Baltimore, but Warren said just the opposite, that he expects to be back with the Yankees sometime during <laughs> Baltimore. Oh, they better get on the same page. What I anticipate, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, is that Warren will be activated for the doubleheader in Detroit. Yes. That makes the most sense. Yep. Right? So Adam Warren's on his way back, which probably means A.J. Cole should find uh, someplace else to live. He probably yeah. won't be needing to stay near Yankee no. Stadium anymore. Although, to his credit, he hasn't... He did his job. Did he did he, what this team needed him to do and more. He came so. in with a guy with a 10-plus ERA, and he really hasn't pitched like that, even though... Small sample size, but <laughs> you, could, you can't expect more out of him. No. I mean, he did a great job. That one extra inning game, man, he pitched two innings. He allowed the Yankees. I forget who that was. It might have been in the Cleveland series. He came in, kept the Yankees tied up. Yep. And uh, so, if nothing else, you know, that was worth they it. Got, they got what they needed out of him. And... I, this is the last thing I want to bring up. It's two-parter. I can't believe how many... Last night during the game, uh, Yes did an injury recap of all Yankee, injured Yankees, and they put Ellsbury at the back of the line back injury, right? <laughs> and I can't believe the amount of people... Who that, think this just that happened? think that just happened. We talked about this, not this past weekend, but the weekend previous on our weekend yep. podcast. So we had this information... I mean, we obviously, you know, it's not like we were investigative reporting, but right. we had this information. But not many people did. Two weeks ago yeah. almost now. Um, so that was the first part that I couldn't believe that if we were talking about it on a podcast two weeks ago that nobody knew about this. Yeah. And we're running the Jacoby Ellsbury injury pool <laughs> and I'm getting tweets like, oh, who won? Nobody. This is not a new injury. No. We're waiting. We're waiting. This is the this is the most recent injury. The yeah. back. This so. injury did not occur after we set up the pool. Right. Uh, the other thing is that David Wright, who when's the last time he played in two thousand nine? I think two thousand six. No, I think he played in two thousand nine. <laughs> he opened City Field. I do know that. Are you being serious with two thousand nine? He's played since then. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so he, was I. Did he play in the World Series for them when they made it in two thousand fifteen? I don't believe so. I don't think he so. might have. So he really hasn't been a full-time player since, what, 2014, maybe earlier than that? Yeah. And I've always been a big David Wright fan. Love him. I'm glad that he's trying to hold on for whatever is left, but it doesn't look good for him. 
But <laughs> dude played catch today. Had a catch. He played catch. Okay. Jackass, he played catch. You okay. don't have a catch. Okay, yeah. All right. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. What we're going to get into is that he's expected to resume on-field baseball activities before LOLsbury is. That's great. <laughs> and you know what? I hope it happens. How is that even possible? I hope it happens. It's unbelievable. Wright could see baseball on-field baseball activities by the end of next week. L- LOLsbury is not even near near seeing baseball activities. Not even close. Baseball's not even in his vocabulary right now. Last quick hitter, because it just popped into my brain. Um, Vote of confidence from the manager to Aaron Hicks the other night when somebody asked him about Clint Frazier coming up to play center field. I didn't catch the actual question, but I saw Boone's um, response. He said that Hicks is a, quote, real center fielder who gets on base 35% of the time. So Hicks is not going anywhere. No. He's not. What I want to ask you is, is that Aaron Boone speaking or is that Brian Brian Cashman Cashman pulling the strings? Brian Cashman. 100%. It starts at Brian Cashman and then it's Aaron Boone's job to defend the guys that he knows he's being dealt. So You're not going to turn your back on a guy that you know isn't going anywhere. So everybody that wants to kill Boone for Hicks continuing being in this lineup, I don't think he has a say in it. Not even close. All right, so that's it. So you got anything else you want to touch on before we come back over the weekend? So the Yankees, like we said, it's a little bit after six now. Yanks are getting ready for a four-game weekend set uh, with the Baltimore Orioles. When we come, when we come back to you, the series will most likely be over. I think we should try to fit in the series because it's a one o'clock game. We should try to get this in. Yeah, get the whole series in. Prediction for the series: Yankees take three. I think that's fair. Maybe four. You think they're going to sweep? Yeah. Would every see? Would everybody going except for Sevy in this series? I don't know if I can see a sweep. I do. I, I'll take three. Are you sign up for three right now? I say they take three, possibly four. They will not split. They will not lose the series. They have to win tonight, though. Yes, Sonny's got to. Sonny's got to give me something that I can at least go to the, go home with. Yeah. All right. So this has been episode forty-eight of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. As we said earlier, since. We had all these things pop into my brain and, t- and talked about another 10 minutes. Go to the description of this pod. Check out our Twitter handles. Follow all of us. Follow the main account. Blah, blah, blah. Go to nyysportstalk.com. Swag up. And I think that's it, right, buddy? That's it. So, Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye.